0: Hi, everybody. I'm George, and this is The Best Little Horror House in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. And today's guest wrote and acted for the special without Brett Davis. He's also the creator of the Audible original podcast series, Lem Can Help. Please welcome Joe Rumrill. Hey,
1: how's it going, George?
0: It's so... Mighty fine to be here My pleasure And I got to know more about this podcast Lem can help Because the cast list is wild I mean You got former guests Tim Kalpakis and Mike Hanford on there But yeah. Fred Armisen hmm
1: I mean It just It was uh, I was supposed to Make some Comedy Central Digital series With uh, Fred And then the Comedy Central Digital got c- Gutted Everyone <laughs> who liked me there Gone <laughs> And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure Fred's people sort of felt bad. And they were like, well, he's got this deal with Audible. If you have an idea, he wants to do a f- fake, crazy advice podcast. And if you want to write write up some ideas for that. And I did. And then a couple months went by and I thought nothing was going to come from it. But then they said, hey, get ready because you got to write you gotta write the whole <laughs> thing now.
0: <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> it
1: was a blast. And uh, I got to write bits with Joe Firestone and Eudora Peterson and Aiku Famadu. Uh, and there was the greatest time I've ever had in a Zoom, other than right now. Wow. George. <laughs> well, I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, re- working with Fred was really, really cool. And like you said, a bunch of cool guests. Uh, Hell yeah. To be fake experts on stuff.
0: There you go. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait to check wow. it out. You
1: do uh, the plugs at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> That's cool. That lets get excited. <laughs> like somebody coming on Conan and Conan <laughs> being like, let's not,
0: let's not let's not do any bits at all.
1: Just, <laughs> what are you here to promote? <laughs> hey,
0: I figure we get that out of the way and then we can, you know, get to the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of let's get into it. Let's talk about horror. How did uh, how did you get into it? How long have you been a fan? Is it a more recent thing? Very,
1: very much more recent. I completely avoided the genre of horror for the beginning of my life. I was very sensitive. I feel like easily frightened child. Mm -hmm. Like and even not not even regular horror. Like stuff that kids are supposed to like. Like (laughs) it's very like. The trailer for The Nightmare Before Christmas, I remember being, it would come on and I would get a sense of it within the first few seconds and then hide behind the (laughs) recliner. And I must have been like four or five by then. So you should be able to take fun claymation by then. And I think the first horror movie I ever was able to um, endure (laughs) and enjoy was Gremlins, Nice. If that counts, and Gremlins 2. And I think it's because I was always really into comedy and, and cartoons and Looney Tunes especially. And there was a, obviously, I'm sure you've talked about both of those movies, a sense of madcap absurdity that I I was able to wrap my head around and Uh enjoy. I always, I've, but the first punk band I ever got into was Devo. And I think, I think it's the same thing with gremlins and horror and Devo and punk music. There's a certain amount of goofiness that I was, uh, I needed in order to use that as a gateway.
0: Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, I was similarly a non-horror fan in my youth and having something to latch onto that's not the horror elements of it I think is really crucial to having it be a stepping stone into the into the genre at large
1: absolutely and so I you know I I was able to like goofy crittery type of horror and then later in high school the first like actual horror movie I ever watched was I was over at a friend's house and like uh, our our girlfriends were were over this is high school and he put on the ring and, the, and and like i i got real scared even as a like a high schooler yeah. just like oh my gosh am i going uh, to am i going to be able to handle this <laughs> am i going to get ringed yeah yeah <laughs> and then we watched it and it wasn't if, uh, i mean i'm still standing yeah. here i stand before you i didn't Seven die days later. or anything <laughs> and so that was a wake up call so to make it a little more oh my gosh this whole world is opened up <laughs> i missed
0: out <laughs> you're you're so right you know there's there's always the one like trial by fire one where you're like i made it through i yeah. can handle this you know for me it was the descent and ever since then i was like Oh, this wasn't as scary as The Descent. I can leave right. it
1: <laughs> Exactly.
0: And there still hasn't been,
1: you know, and I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm still a sensitive boy. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I so far I haven't seen a, a horror movie that I haven't been able to handle. Hell that yeah. made me. That made me sound tougher than I actually meant <laughs> it to sound. I just meant that, like, <laughs> I haven't seen very many. I'm sure. still. I still. The exploration
0: continues.
1: Yes, I still opt more towards uh, comedy, and and stuff like that. As I mean, as as we can see by soon to be announced, my, sure. my pick for the greatest horror movie ever made.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Right before we get to that, I'm curious if you have a preferred subgenre. You know, obviously horror comedy, but. Is it, like, the creature feature elements that kind of jump out to you for stuff like Gremlins and and our pick today?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. I like uh, puppets and practical uh, effects and monsters. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Love all that stuff. Human murder and and things like that. Guys going crazy. Uh, That's the sort of stuff I can't really... (laughs) get behind sure because it's too too real to me
0: yeah i well i've long said that for me a slasher is much more scary than a paranormal horror movie because i believe in a guy going crazy and killing Definitely. people yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah i love i love swarms of stuff <laughs> i don't know what that says about me <laughs> and then big giant goofy monsters a lot of a lot of godzilla and uh Mothra, Gamera-type stuff. I don't even, I guess I don't know if that counts as horror, though.
0: Huh? Oh, I would definitely call it horror. Oh, okay,
1: good. I guess people are scre- running away screaming in terror. So. Yeah, <laughs> Anytime if I that would, happens. too. I would be horrified
0: <laughs> if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think those kind of movies are so great for exploring like older movies. I think there's such a barrier to entry for a lot of people to going mm-hmm. backwards like that. And... You know, I think that cartoons have a lot of really good uh, entry points in that, like, the golden age of cartoons uh, is still phenomenal and holds up incredibly well. Yeah. And I think that a lot of those kaiju and, like, atomic horror giant practical goofy movies really hold up in terms of, like, what you're getting out of them is still kind of the same thing. Yeah. And and I think that they're, they're a great way to start exploring those the, the things that came before And influence the things we love today
1: A rich piece of history Oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) That also happens to be about A giant lizard coming out of the ocean
0: Oh hell yeah (laughs) And and that's the best of both worlds (laughs) Yeah (laughs) But the movie we're talking about today Is 1993's Freaked Directed by Alex Winter and Tom Stern This was just a hoot I had a wonderful time. I had been meaning to see this for a very long time. Oh, you hadn't seen it. This was my first time. And Whoa! Yeah, and and this was the final push that I needed. And boy, I just had a wonderful time.
1: Yeah, I imagine if you still had been like, and you know what, and I didn't really watch it for this. Uh, <laughs> just going on
0: vibes. I looked at some screenshots. Yeah,
1: I like having something in my back pocket for a rainy day, and I and I and I kept it that way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, I mean,
1: it, doesn't it rule? <laughs> it rules. It rules. Do you remember like how you first came to this movie in high school? I would see the DVD, and it had a cool cover. the The cover that it's got now online, like if you look it up on IMDb or Letterboxd or something, it's 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 got a kind of a crappy cover. But I seem to remember that they must must have done like a special edition DVD. That it looks a whole lot cooler, mm-hmm. uh, unless I dreamed that. But it was—it's all the—it's all the characters all like bunched together, and yeah. it, you know, if you've seen this movie, the characters, the way that they look, it's very—if—if if you like a <laughs> weird, <laughs> weird looking uh, monsters, then it will definitely attract your eyeballs.
0: Definitely.
1: Um, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't buy it then. Uh, because it did potentially seem like it was going to be scary. And so I truly hadn't seen this movie until the pandemic, COVID, COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know if you've heard about this.
0: Mm, ring, rings <laughs> a faint
1: bell. But it, it afforded me lots of free time to sort of catch up sure. on the things I had been meaning to catch. <laughs> and uh, so I finally sat down and watched it, and it really... It was a a real, like, where have you been all my life (laughs) (laughs) type situation. I couldn't wait to tell people about it and like, Oh man, I got another one. I feel like my whole life is, is as a uh, collecting these little oh, special to me, unsung gems. I, I guess that's everybody's situation. I don't mean to liken it only to me, like is an idea I just had <laughs> like <laughs> things that I like, I like, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I hadn't watched it until last year because it's free on YouTube. So that it should be set up top that, you can watch this for free on on youtube
0: right important uh, to know because it is kind of hard to track down otherwise
1: yeah that's another thing that kind of makes it so special too is it d- didn't have a, a wide release at all and wow. it's it's now the it's out of print i think for physical media and so right. really the only way to watch it is a website that
0: everybody uses every day
1: <laughs> so it's real hard to find <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's it's true, though. I mean, it also seemed like, because uh, there was a, a Mondo repressing of the soundtrack not that mm-hmm. long ago, and so it seemed like they were gearing up to maybe do a re-release, and then 21st Century Fox got bought by Disney, and I'm sure that they're like, well, we don't, this is not a Disney product. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Although there should be a little, There's. The, I, I feel like they hinted at it a little bit, that they were going to have a little adult hub or something on, on Disney+, Plus where you wow. can go... And watch that that sort of sort of thing.
0: Who knows? But, maybe Freaked will show up. Oh,
1: that would be great! Right, in, right next to Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just this really, it's really funny, it's really gross, I guess, but in a really fun, uh, nice way. Yeah, I think, and it's just the most Joe Romrell horror movie that
0: you could possibly pick. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Now, as far as where the movie came from, Alex Winter and Tom Stern had attended NYU film school together and they directed the squeal of death in 1985, which is a short film that sort of combines the 1983 Austrian movie angst with like the MTV aesthetic. Gotcha. So uh, it's very cool. And It is no surprise to me, having watched this, that Sam Raimi, when he saw it, was also attracted to it. feels right up his alley.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and he worked with the two of them to develop The Idiot Box, which is an incredibly low-budget sketch show slash music video showcase that, because it was so low-budget, had almost complete creative freedom. Whoa. The dream. I've,
1: (laughs) I've not, yeah, I've not seen this, but you just said a lot of my very favorite things. (laughs) In in that sentence, (laughs) so I should probably look that up.
0: (laughs) So unfortunately, there's only six episodes of it, which is a big bummer. But Tim Burns, who also worked on Freaked, was part of the writing team for The Idiot Box, and they they had it going. But because, like I said, it was super low budget, they didn't have a ton of legs and. They signed a feature film development deal with Universal, but it was for, like, a mainstream comedy, and it wasn't really going well. So they were, like, actively, like, we want to go back to something less commercial.
1: Yeah. You couldn't come up with anything less commercial than this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, mission accomplished. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny, too, because it, even, it started even more wild. This is somehow the toned-down version. <laughs> yes. Which seems incredible. <sighs> In 1988, they made the short film Entering Texas, aka Barbecue Movie, with the Butthole Surfers, which is, of course, a very famous punk band. Mm-hmm. It's sort of inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's also not just like a one-to-one recreation, and in the working-on Barbecue Movie was the germ of the idea for Freaked.
1: Gotcha. Have you seen Barbecue Movie?
0: I have. It's pretty oh. good. Uh, the So it's only like 11 or so minutes. It's basically like an extended music video. Gotcha. But it's fun. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I like the Butthole Surfers. I think that they're a good band, and so they play they play a song in in the movie. And uh, wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's like Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre plus them. So yeah, Hand, start handing out those Oscars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gibby Haynes, who is sort of the engine behind the Butthole Surfers, worked with Stern and Winter to make what would basically be like a gory, obscene, freak out Butthole Surfer musical with. Elijah the Mad Scientist and the band as his freaks. Mm. And they, they were like, we only need a hundred thousand dollars to make this, and no one would give them that. <sighs> <laughs> It's. I mean, kind of. It makes sense. The butthole surfers
1: come to your door, knock on your door, coming for money. <laughs> wait, <laughs> like, hey, w- hey, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> Please, hundred thousand dollars. Right.
1: Wait. You're that band that shows surgeries behind you <laughs> when you're playing, right? No. Yeah. Get off my lawn.
0: <laughs> it's that's that's classic. That's what the people love, Mr. Studio yeah. Executive.
1: Have you read uh, our band could be your life? No, I haven't. Oh man, it's a real, it's one of my favorite books and it's, uh, so each chapter is just like a, a, a different chronic, like a chronicle of, uh, like an important band at the late eighties, early nineties, Oh wow! Uh,
0: alternative rock. That sounds incredible.
1: And the butthole surfers have a, a, a chapter and it's just, it's so funny and, and Great. I, I can't recommend it
0: enough. Wow. Sorry,
1: to, sorry to do another. No, that's, uh, that's in... books. And I know we're talking about movies and I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to nerd out.
0: <laughs> you get one. You get one book reference. Okay, fine. <laughs> that does sound really cool though. Heck, I want
1: to switch it to green eggs and ham. But
0: I'm shutting this all down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
1: I I don't really know the butthole server's music all that much, but that chapter I would read over and over and over again because it's so, they're so funny and so, uh, they're just kooks. They're really yeah. They
0: <laughs> They sure are. And I think that it was a natural pairing for the two of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, one of the producers who saw this script, it, it actually did like have a lot of people who were like, I think this would be fun, but just like, wh- it would just hit walls within the studios. And so <laughs> one producer sent the script to 20th Century Fox and President Joe Roth didn't really like the script, but he really liked their work on The Idiot Box, and he said that he would work with them if they transformed it into a PG-13 movie closer to the show. And Tim Burns came back to help with rewrites, and the Butthole Surfers wound up leaving the project as it transformed, although they were still on like good terms with them and are part of the soundtrack and everything.
1: Yeah, those guys seem like they can't concentrate on too much <laughs> at the same time. I'm just kidding, I'm making a vague joke uh, In the back of my head, the butthole surfers are listening to this And so (laughs) I didn't want that to come across (laughs) I'm playing upon their perceived personas (laughs) Sure,
0: sure, I'm I'm sure they would have been devastated (laughs) But the rewrites landed them with what is essentially The Idiot Box, the movie It's got Brazil-esque corporate satire Mad Mm. scientist sci-fi body horror Looney Tunes and Three Stooges homage slapstick Basically anything and everything you could want.
1: Yes. At, uh, just a, a total cocktail of things that haven't been together before in such a cool way. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. And like I said, the movie is a little hard to get a hold of the physical copies, so I couldn't get at the commentary like I wanted to, which I, I'm sure is very interesting. But
1: Oh, Yeah. For sure.
0: Uh, Alex Winter is uh, I've heard him speak before. He's a really smart and and well-spoken guy so I'm sure that the yeah. commentaries are really great. But.
1: He seems really nice, too. Goes a long way with me. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Winter, if you hear this send me,
0: send me a copy of the commentary, please. Yeah.
1: And don't tell the butthole surfers that joke <laughs> I made. I'm sure they're very conscientious.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, but I did find some other interesting stuff that I wanted to bring up. First off, There is the old Freakland website, which is like the (laughs) the fan website for the idiot box and Freaked. And it had some cool Q&As that I uh, went to. I had to go on the Wayback Machine (laughs) to check this this website out. And oh my god, it just really made me miss the old internet. Everything was so beautifully hideous. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: picturing lots of... Like CGI uh, gifts, sort (laughs) of like pointing at like the guest book. It's just like a (laughs) T
0: t posed version of uh, (laughs) of Ricky. (laughs) And I also watched the E behind the scenes from 1993 when it was still known as Hideous Mutant Freaks. But you can also see on the clapboard the working title was Very Special People, which really made me laugh. Oh boy. And Alex Winter isn't just the co-writer and director of Freaked. He's also the star, which talk about pulling heavy duty on this one.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's half the time caked in (laughs) just the most cumbersome looking prosthetics. Yeah. Half of his face, (laughs) which has to be even more annoying than doing the whole thing.
0: Yeah. It's just weighted over.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, drooling the whole time, Mm -hmm. like, because he can't close his mouth. It's great.
0: Oh, man. It looks fantastic. It was funny. One of the other things that I did find was, like, the rehearsal footage, which had some interesting, like, cut lines. But also, it was just funny that everyone was, like, just dressed in street clothes except for Alex Winter, who had... All of the prosthetics on except the mouthpiece. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's such
1: good commitment.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Look at that.
0: He, the man, the man was going for it, and yeah, he paid on. <laughs> so he plays Ricky Coogan along with William Sadler as the CEO named Dick Bryan, easily spoonerized into Dick Brain, which I think mm. is probably what they were going for.
1: <laughs> yes, seems very seems seems apt for them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Megan Ward as Julie. But most crucially, we have Randy Quaid playing Elijah C. Scuggs, uh, self-described as his broadest character, combining a mad scientist and an evangelist. A lot of room to go big without going too big. And uh, he also described Scuggs, which made me laugh, as, quote, he gets a little out of control.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, he's this has got to be one of my favorite Randy Quaid performances. Maybe maybe my favorite. I'm trying to think of other other ones. He's doing quick he, change. Yeah, he's, this is so then, good. Cr- and then I guess the vacation movies. He's he's really good. But this one, it's you know you say he can go really big. He's uh, he's a he's the proprietor of a of a sideshow uh, who also happens to engineer the performers. the freaks, right. in his sure in, a in Dr. His Moreau type. That's the mad scientist part. But he is as big and broad as he gets to be, that he's also really there are there are lines that are just so nuanced and like understated that because he was he's just so broad in the scene before it, it just really makes the comedy hit that much harder. Some of the lines he's saying are so understated and it's Randy Quaid saying it, so it's there's all these layers (laughs) of just like Oh my gosh this is what a great what a great performer he I haven't done too much research into how, like how he's gotten to be the way that he is
0: mm-hmm.
1: now cuz mm-hmm. I'm sure we're all familiar with it. he's he's a, he's a little far gone.
0: He's a bit of a kook, you
1: might say. Yeah, another, <laughs> another one of those kooks uh, wouldn't wouldn't be out of place in, in a band <laughs> like the butthole circus Um That's a classic Randy Quaid. <laughs> but he, but I mean, he really pulls out all the stops here, what, and you really see that he's he's a, a really great actor, really funny guy. Just wanted
0: to say that in so many so many of his other movies, he is a is a good comic performance but it it does feel kind of sidelined and in this one he really gets to kind of take center stage mm-hmm. in a way that I think he meets the the performance requirements in a really great way.
1: Yeah. What a perfect casting.
0: Definitely. And the behind the scenes stuff with him was also pretty funny. You know, there was one moment where the announcer is like, it's the last day for Brooke Shields on set and everyone is saying goodbye. And we see her talking with Alex and Tom. And then it cuts to Randy going, yeah, I never really get sentimental. <laughs> it's like, oh, Randy. But he also mentioned that he doesn't like to do a lot of takes and a technical movie like this with radio controlled moving parts. A lot can go wrong. You know, for mm-hmm. example, twenty six servos ran the head of the Rick monster, which means that's twenty six chances for something to go wrong.
1: Oh gosh! So that's all. So serv- servos are just uh, like the mechanics. Yeah, it's like each one
0: is like a radio-controlled like mechanism that moves, gotcha. like an eyebrow or something, or a pu- or a pustule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in, okay. In this case, <laughs> spray, spray. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, that coarse hair is uh, is moving oddly. We gotta fix that. We gotta fix servo number (laughs) seventeen. Damn you, coarse hair
0: servo! (laughs) But the makeup effects in general are wild. You know they they had to literally get three different companies involved to accommodate the short lead time and complexity. And Mm -hmm. these special effects teams are icons now and it's tony gardner's company Altarian. Uh, tony is famous for such films as 127 hours the blob remake and he did the daft punk helmets
1: whoa oh gosh wow <laughs> man
0: that's it's crazy right <laughs> what a weird
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's the residuals on those alone <laughs> must be,
0: <laughs> gotta be outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> we also have Steve Johnson's XFX. Steve has also done The Abyss. He did Slimer for Ghostbusters and former best horror movie ever made, Lord of Illusions.
1: Oh, not seen it. Probably too scary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's funny. It's like a, kind of like a supernatural noir detective kind of thing. Um, it's pretty fun. Gotcha.
1: We got any critters in there?
0: Not a lot of critters. Clive Barker, yeah. though. So, you know, a right. lot of sexuality <laughs> yeah. and repression happening. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, pretty much the same, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the last studio was Screaming Mad George's studio, famous, of course, for the surreal makeup of society, which rules, but also the Giver, among other things. And. Wow. With the, the true power behind this makeup, it's no surprise that it is both intense and incredible. It was, I mean, three hours in the makeup chair for the wormhead alone.
1: <laughs> it's beautiful. Like The the film looks, if you've got a certain sensibility for practical puppetry and, and robotics and, and stuff like that, then it it really is, it's like, it's your just desserts, <laughs> this, this film.
0: And it keeps escalating, you know, a lot of times... When something is going with, like, a body horror element like this, they kind of uh, put, put all their eggs in one basket. And with this, you have several characters who have body horror things going on and these huge makeup elements that really make it a, a fun and varied time. Mm-hmm. But with this one, you keep getting introduced to new people and getting to be like, oh, my God. What am I looking at? Yes.
1: (laughs) It's an avalanche of lighthearted grotesquerie.
0: Yeah. Just
1: just burying you on top of a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't wait for
0: more. 20th Century Fox was pretty pleased with how things were going. They'd even put together toys, a novelization, and a comic book to correspond with its release. But in the e-video, Alex Winter said test screenings were more like, yeah, I liked that, instead of belly laughs. Hmm. And Joe Roth got fired with new Fox boss Peter Chernin sandbagging freaked on account of not liking the movie.
1: Oh, that's, that's a good a reason as any, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> just he wasn't closing his eyes and throwing a dart at a dartboard. <laughs> if you genuinely didn't like it, I guess I can't. I guess can't fault the guy. Yeah, it,
0: it's uh, it feels feels pretty cruel to do it that late in the process. But oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he he pulled a lot of the post-production budget, which screwed up the planned soundtrack, but also impacted the advertising budget in tandem with stopping the nationwide release. As you said, incredibly limited. Uh, it opened on two screens. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> heartbreaking, I'm sure. Really they put so much work into this, uh, and it the, the nature of it being so practical means that it was literally people putting their like. Handiwork on screen and and so much work and and then it went up in smoke. Yeah.
1: What? Oh my gosh. That's so. That's so sad to have something that clearly, even just on cursory glance, oh, so much work went into that. Yeah. To just be released on two screens. Yeah. Uh,
0: <sighs> really, it's tragic, and it, it had a budget of twelve million dollars, and then made uh, less than thirty thousand in in the box office. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it did. <laughs> it, yeah, absolutely. Truly awful to hear. But it did finally find an audience on home video because stars and HBO played it frequently. Um, it was cheap rights, and so they played it a lot. And uh, it eventually became mm-hmm. the best horror movie ever made right it's here on so this damn good. show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it's, it's destined to be a cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had, to have, they had to have felt that going, going in. There's just there's too much good, too much good stuff in (laughs) there that mainstream audiences probably weren't weren't ready for.
0: Yeah, I think it's this is a classic example of something where you go into it knowing that it's not going to be for everybody. And it's a a specific referral, but people who like it are going to really love it because it is really executing this sort of thing at the, the top level.
1: Yeah, you know it within the first few minutes of the film. The title sequence alone oh, man. is so bombastic and surreal and in-your-face that <laughs> if, you, if you can't handle that, you, you know to get out of the room okay. and hide behind the recliner.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's get into it. Very cool Liquid TV-style opening done by David Daniels. It's this frantic mass of color and sound with the title credits. It just absolutely rules.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, the the it's claymation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, stop motion, and it's strata cut. I think is the technique uh-huh. where the guy makes a giant log of the of the scene that he wants to make, and then slices down that log, taking mm-hmm. it frame by frame, oh, and so man. it just looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's a real. It's a, It's kind of hard to describe with words of yeah, what It's so it, uh, cool though. But yeah, you've 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 probably seen it before. I remember there was an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse where the, I, it, I think it's the same. It's probably the same guy because I I bet he copyrighted his, his uh, <laughs> method. But sure. I think they're I think they're doing either the story of Thanksgiving or possibly Columbus Day, <laughs> which <is> horrible. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's be, it's uh, it's beautiful and, and so you can really tell the hard work that that went into. Absolutely.
0: Into it. And the very first line is a news bulletin saying the flying gimp has been destroyed, which is a reference to Eddie the Flying Gimp from Outer Space, which is uh, the the idiot box thing. So uh-huh. it's not it's not even just like oh, it's kind of similar to the idiot box. It's literally like gotcha. this is kind of connecting to that universe in a yes. way that uh, is very intentional. So
1: if somebody in wet, hot American summer said they want to dip their balls in it or something.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> and now back to the sky daily show where sky played by Brooke Shields is interviewing the monstrous silhouette of Ricky Coogan. Basically Ricky was a famous child star, but was in a horribly disfiguring accident. And he's on this show to rejoin society by revealing himself and tell his story. and, mm-hmm. I mean, just right away, I'm like, oh, I need a ghost dude movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, There's so. Uh, I love, I love movies within movies. Mm-hmm. They're so, they're so funny to me. Like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when they're like in R.K. Maroon's mm-hmm. uh, office, and there's just like all those unmade shorts of like Pistol Pack and Possum. Oh and, yeah, and, and it's it's so it's so nice to me. It really, uh, it really shows that the world has been. Th- really thought out and like they that they're inventing their own universe that's yeah. a little like ours but uh <laughs> you're never gonna see this movie
0: that's right oh my gosh later <laughs> when we see robo dude and it's just the robocop with yeah. his stuck <laughs> on it right on. <laughs> he says that he was approached to be the spokesperson for ees A big corporation. Uh, In fact, EES stands for Everything Except Shoes. And they wanted him to promote a controversial fertilizer, Zygrot 24, in South America.
1: Which is a super funny idea, right there. Like a teen idol being approached to be the spokesperson for a soil, for a fertilizer. That's just such a such a great idea.
0: I, yeah, I actually think it makes perfect sense.
1: And the everything except shoes gag. That's the first joke that if you, if I, if you're someone like me, that's the joke where like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to like this. This is <laughs> this is like anime. It's it's kind of like an Animaniacs or Freakazoid horror movie. You yeah. know what, you know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. The humor the humor is uh, as much as it is like the old, like Tex Avery and Looney Tunes. I feel like the the real correlation is to th- th- those modern reimaginings sure. like Animaniacs. Or yeah, figures. a
0: little more reflexive in that way.
1: Yeah, which uh, I love.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. And this slimy, smiley CEO, uh, who reminds me of Paul Newman in the Hudsucker Proxy as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's, oh my gosh, it's incredible. This grin that he's got on all the time. It looks like he's wearing prosthetics
1: with that smile, (laughs) even when he's not. He's the one person who's not wearing prosthetics.
0: But the the head of the South American research facility located in Santa Flan, named for the patron saint of creamy desserts, uh, is <laughs> again
1: straight out of straight out of band, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: And he's there to vouch for the fertilizer, and he shrinks. And this gag is so funny. Perfect. <laughs> but but five million dollars convinces Ricky, despite his team's uh, advice otherwise. So uh,
1: the fact that they're offering him the sums of money on the big poster boards that <laughs> once had, a, yeah, it's like an easel with a graph on it where they're showing the, the, the fertilizer stuff. But then when they're making the offers, they just move to the next poster that just says $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> There's no graph or numbers or anything. It's just all just written out and they're, it's so good.
0: Oh yeah. And, and they were prepared for a counter offer. And so <laughs> behind the 2 million is a $5 million. Five million. Oh man. So funny. <laughs> And the flight down for Ricky and his pal Ernie, an idiot savant without the savant part, becomes, again, just cartoon levels of gag saturation. Yes. But ultimately, what it boils down to is a a huge-eared little boy who is a fan of Ricky's named Stewie gets his head caught in a door where he asks Ricky to reconsider his sponsorship before getting sucked out the plane door, along with a grandpa for good measure.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then the flight a flight attendant walks casually by and and uh, notices that the door oh. is open and <laughs> Yeah. It's very it's very Do you ever watch Get a Life? The Chris no, Elliott sitcom? No,
0: I haven't seen that one.
1: I think you if you enjoyed Freak, you'll you'll like it. It's a short-lived Fox sitcom starring Chris Elliott. 30 year old paper boy. Uh, And he just goes (laughs) on, on surreal adventures. And one of them is, I think the last episode he's up in a, he's up in a plane and Mm -hmm. a similar, a similar gag happens where he gets sucked out. And that's the, (laughs) the the vehicle for the clip show is he's falling to his death (laughs) the entire time. And he's like, his life's
0: flashing before his
1: eyes and he's remembering.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's, that's, that's a, I mean, as great of a setup for a clip show as any I've heard. Yes.
1: This reminded me of that again, this film reminds me of things I enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> so I
0: like it. Hey, guess what? Same here, dude. Because I was thinking that this reminded me a lot of Freddy Got Fingered when oh. Andy Malloy keeps getting hit by stuff.
1: Yes, the kid, the recurring child ab- <laughs> child abuse, but not in the way not in not in the bad way. Right. Not child abuse in the bad way. Child the funny abuse, funny child thing. abuse, <laughs> and no, no, and this kid autograph hound. Is just as scary a monster as (laughs) some of the some of the the horrors that we might see later in the film because he never stops screaming and (laughs) he's just the way that this kid looks is scary. Some small tweaks were made to this actual child, yeah, to make him repellent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They call him a troll the whole time, and I think they're right. but they finally arrive and they see another plane burst into flames on a runway really funny editing joke
1: <laughs> oh so good that that joke is uh, yeah the plane the you see that the classic stock plane landing in a new location but then that plane happens to blow to <laughs> smithereens and you think that's it for our heroes but then it cuts to cuts to them uh, observing it and yeah. saying oh my gosh non plus like, so glad we so glad we're <laughs> in <running> that plane <laughs> Perfect.
0: It's really great. Uh, I also laughed a lot at the people protesting his arrival. There's a bunch of stuff about the company and the product and everything like you might expect. And then just one sign that says, Ghost Dude sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then another one that just says, I like Ike. (laughs) Oh, man. This I like Ike guy, a classic. Yeah. (laughs) He he comes back as well. Excited to see the protester (laughs) reappear and get a a fun send off.
1: They're good. So many of these jokes that seem like non sequiturs are built on later in the movie. Yeah. Which is just, just real from a com- com- comedy standpoint is it's genius. It's and great. not easy
0: and not easy at all. Yeah.
1: There's some Swartz level stuff and the Simpsons had only been on the air for, you know, three years at this point Yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially when you consider that like they had been working on it for a while. Yet at that yeah. point too, so really early, really early to the game on that sort of uh, humor is really impressive. Definitely. One of the protesters is Julie, like I said, played by Megan Ward, and Ricky goes hubba hubba, and he, <laughs> <laughs> which in this
1: movie, literally somebody could go hubba hubba. I don't think he actually does, but it no. wouldn't be out of place in this in this movie.
0: That's true. Maybe I shouldn't be facetious because anything's <laughs> possible in this world. <laughs> But he quickly changes into a full bandage disguise, and he <laughs> <laughs> pretends to be Josh, another protester on her side, there to throw cow shit at Ricky Coogan. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just so great how, oh, we need him to quickly be in a body cast, so <sighs> there he is. Just flexible reality in this movie is pitch perfect.
0: Hell yeah. Right. I'm not, I don't care. I don't care to see him go. No, be like, all right, I got to put on bandage. <laughs> But they all head off together, and on the way, her shit-talking of Ricky, especially in comparison to Christian Slater, makes him lose his cool and reveal that it's him. Yes. (laughs)
1: It's – because he's a pretty repellent – he's a pretty repellent guy. Oh, yeah. I I don't think we've mentioned so far that he is a jerk. (laughs) <laughs> not as much as his friend. The Ernie character is a real, uh, real piece of work. Yeah, but Ricky Coogan, not a good guy.
0: Sure, yeah. He's he, uh, Ricky has been warped by being in the Hollywood system since he has been a child, and uh, Ernie is a hanger on to a child star. So,
1: <laughs> just the worst of the worst.
0: <laughs> she tries to convince him that Zygrot is bad, but there's all kinds of signs on the way for Elijah C. Scuggs' famous Freakland. Inc- including such attractions as The Human Worm, The Astounding Dog Boy, and The Frogman. Oh, The frog man. <laughs> The Frogman is very fun. <laughs> but I also love this irony where she's disgusted with him and then says, like, human suffering is just one big joke to you, isn't it? And then she gets hyped about the freak show and just kind of –
1: Exactly. There's, there's these little, little touches like that, that I don't even know, like that could be unintentional. I don't know. But if it is intentional, yeah. that's a great. Uh, just a, a great thinking behind that character. Let's make her, <laughs> let's make her uh, contradictory.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a very uh, a fun skewering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But off they go deeper into the jungle. The bird sounds include the traditional out of place kookaburra, which made me laugh, and then the woody woodpecker, which also made me laugh. laugh.
1: (laughs) And then built on top of that, okay, we've done woody woodpecker. What else? Okay, we'll do three stooges laughing, (laughs) and it's just great. They they really that's the type of thing like I was talking about before, where okay, they they take the one thing and that makes you laugh because it's out of nowhere. But then, oh wait, it's not so out of nowhere because of we've built on it and stuff like this. That's not even, that's not even the weirdest one. Here's a weirder one.
0: It's really great. And they finally arrive at Freakland, which is such a fun set. It's this great little like rundown carnival kind of looking thing with a huge moving bust of Randy Quaid in the middle. Right. That's the centerpiece
1: of this, (laughs) of this giant sideshow is a, is a larger than it's just like building (laughs) size bust of, of Randy Quaid's Kid. It was very... It reminded me of um, Monkey Bone. Yeah. you remember Monkey oh, Bone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'm sorry. If you had a nickel for every time somebody <laughs> asked you if you remember <laughs> Monkey Bone, I'm sorry. But yeah, it looked very much like that whatever land that they've they've gone into
0: no i totally agree and i apologize my the reason for my visceral reaction is because when i was a child monkey bone was too scary for me
1: oh okay good (laughs) yeah no definitely too scary for me too i don't think i had even seen i may have not ever seen it all the way through
0: it's fucked but, up. It's a uh, it's a weird one. It's I mean it's yeah. fun now. Going back to it now, it's fun. But I am like I understand why I was scared of this as a kid. Yes,
1: <laughs> I have a real quick story about, sure. about monkey Bone, But I, I have had friends that went to uh, SVA and they went to a talk with Henry Selick. Wow. Uh, and everyone, they he did a and A, and everyone uh, was asking about like Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline and stuff. And, and my friend, uh, James he, the Giant
0: Peach. Yes, a
1: classic. <laughs> and uh, my friend Jesse asked him about <laughs> Monkey Bone. He just was like, "I want to tell you like, I, I really liked that movie." And all Henry Selick did was took a long pause and then looked at my friend Jesse and said, "Yeah, there are a few of you out there." And then went on to the next question. And I just thought that was so. Oh man, that, wow. that what a bummer!
0: Uh, <laughs> he really tried. Should be proud of it, Henry. Be proud of it. <laughs> But sorry, that's a
1: monkey bone story, and we're here to talk about Freaked. I'm so sorry. That's so
0: uncouth of me. Look, you get one book reference. You also get one monkey bone reference.
1: It's not even my story, too. It's, you, it's my, my, friend, my friend's story. So I'm sorry. I, maybe that was bad podcast etiquette.
0: <laughs> well, out comes Randy himself with a glorious mane of hair and a delightful monologue about weirdos.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, Randy, what a great introduction. <laughs> We also meet Mr. Toad, his assistant, which is a a fun sort of casual introduction to like what the freaks are going to be, I think is a really a a nice sort of like, oh, I expect everyone to look like this where it's kind of just like a guy with a little bit of makeup on him. Mm -hmm. And then that's not the case. And also, Mr. Toad is not all he seems to be. He's got a a fucked up prehensile tongue and shit. So
1: he's a gateway character to what we will be behold later. (laughs) But yeah, the the gag with his tongue is is perfect, <laughs> and it, it comes to its greatest conclusion later on when they're when they're tunneling out. That's right, uh, from place. But we'll we'll get there. I'm jumping ahead, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a, like a toad. <laughs> the show isn't on until tomorrow, but he's willing to show them a private exhibit in his shed. He says, "But it's a trap. Who could have seen it coming?" <laughs> He's not just an exhibitor of of freaks. He's a sculptor, he says. He can look at someone and see what they could be. Like Kevin Costner could be a giant peach grub that could fart the blue Danube, he says.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. These these pop culture references, again, very... very animaniacs like why why do i care why, as if i'm watching as a as an 11 or or, or 10, 10 year old which i with like you know clearly yeah. this this movie is for it's like what what do i know about kevin costner or christian slater or anything like
0: that? <laughs> i love it it's great it's great and of course ironically he does this with Zygrot 24 the very soil that Ricky Coogan oh uh, is gosh. purported to, to do
1: advertising oh for. Oh my god, I didn't even realize. That's,
0: that's right. It is the same one.
1: <laughs> the very same soil.
0: Wow. Another great gag just with the taxidermied mouse as a computer mouse really made me laugh.
1: Oh yeah, that whole contraption is uh, yeah. a, a thing of beauty. Very tasty freaks Goldberg. instead of tasty
0: freeze. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> just everything is so ramshackle and like squalid looking yeah. but still still makes sense as like you know, oh this is a giant machine that makes freaks that is on a uh, in a barnyard
0: of course what else would it look like it's, it's a giant great. freak making machine <laughs> <laughs> and scuggs gets to work he first determines that ernie and julie should be merged ironically our last episode was the human centipede <laughs> so oh. this is our second <laughs> our second mad scientist merging people together movie in a yes. row <laughs> um, but uh, he 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 decides this is going to be their fate. He makes some gross green goo come out of there, and this changes them into clay. And part of what I love about this movie is the multimedia aspects are not just relegated to the um to the intro and the opening credits. Mm-hmm. This not being hung up on the like rules of saying like oh you can't just have a claymation segment in the middle of your live action movie, throw that out the window. It becomes this. Way more unique work of art, and and it's so incredible, and it's part of what makes it stand out, you know? One of the most incredible animated movies I've ever seen is called The Wolf House, and it's this, like, full-scale paper mache, and the backgrounds change and get painted as the stop-motion progresses. Oh and it that sounds beautiful. It is... Incredible. And I mean, there's a great story going on that is like them- thematic and stuff. It's not just a technical wonder, but also it is a technical wonder. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Exactly. And this to me feels like the same kind of spirit of being like, well, why can't I just. Do this other stuff. Like, why do? Why can't I just have a moment where they become uh, Ray Harryhausen figures?
1: <laughs> yes, they're then, suddenly they're suddenly Gumby. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I think that it it it's such a unique scene that really latches into your memory in a great way.
1: Yeah. There's no rules, but everything makes sense like yeah. it's it's a lot it's it's this weird in between where there there are no rules we're throwing everything that we can at you but still internally the logic is sound like because it's because we've established that this is such a, a weird world <laughs> right
0: yeah the the manic energy feels normal honestly at mm-hmm. this point yeah they're taken away and Scuggs promises ricky he's gonna be special before we cut to the evil-looking bust again and the sound of screams. Oh, also, I should mention that the mutation works, and they're just now Ernie Julie. Yeah. <laughs> so, or Julie Ernie, I think. is uh, yeah. She's first.
1: Skuggs is good at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get this far not making freaks. That's
0: right. He's the best at what he does, and what he does ain't very nice, bub. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's also Wolverine, I forgot to mention. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky wakes up groggily, and we see Scuggs on the phone with some maniacal laughter, which is really funny. This this running gag, and yeah. he's trying to get some more Zygrot. And you're like, "Oh, someone else is involved here, huh?" And although he says Ricky isn't finished yet and to wait for what he's got planned on the other side, it's pretty distressing already.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's gr- like this is when it becomes okay. This is a horror movie. You, <laughs> you've <laughs> Uh, I'm allowed to do this uh, on this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, this dude is spraying pus. He just generally looks like a dang creature. It is mm-hmm. wild. This this interim moment where it's like he's still half human is more horrifying than when he is just a creature.
1: I, that's a really good point. I think you're absolutely right.
0: It's also they do this cool transition into the outhouse that is much bigger than it looks. It's just a really cool like camera trick that kind of disorients you in a weird yeah. way. Yeah.
1: They push the where the the quarters for the for the sideshow performers are. Uh, it's in an outhouse, and the camera pushes in, and it's just this. It looks like an airplane <laughs> hangar. It's how big it is, and they. <laughs> the only comment on it is that <laughs> the imprisoned Ricky uh, looks at at Randy Quaid's character and, and says uh, the, something like like
0: really great use of the space. <laughs> That's right, and uh, Bob Bob Villa comes in.
1: Oh right, it's because Bob Villa he got some pointers from Bob Villa, not on the television, because he means Bob Villa's just right over here, uh, and Bob Villa comes out and gives him a few more pointers. I mean, even just that, there's yeah. that much. If you told me that much of this movie, I would I would be like, take out your laptop right now. We need to. I need to watch this. Why haven't I seen this?
0: It's great, and then of course Bob Villa gets murdered by scugs. Right, <laughs> big rip, big rip to Bobula. Ernie and Julie are there uh Funny projectile vomit gag when they see him.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so o- over and over and over again
0: until it's until
1: it until you can't help but be like, "Well, that's so much puke, that I, I gotta laugh."
0: <laughs> and Ortiz, the dog boy, welcomes him to hell uh, and is played by Keanu Reeves. Yeah, uncredited, right? Yeah, just his pal, his pal Keanu came in. Yeah. And Which is, sat in the makeup chair for hours and hours, but seems to be
1: having a uh, an absolute blast.
0: Oh yeah, he's
1: top dog. Who wouldn't? Yeah, top dog. Yes, he's the self appointed leader of yeah. the, or not self appointed. I, I don't know why I said self
0: appointed. I think he probably volunteered himself as leader, and they all right. just went, okay, sure. <laughs> well, it might be an elected position. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> They go to play some Hollywood squares, and this is another. First of all, great joke, but also a great way to introduce all of the the performers in a very quick fashion.
1: Yes, perfect device to just be like, we're going to introduce all of the <laughs> all of the freaks right now.
0: That's right, and uh, they are the human worm, the cowboy who is a literal cow headed guy. Really made me laugh. Mm-hmm. nosy, who's all nose. The bearded lady who is just Mister T, <laughs> <laughs> just Mister T, <laughs> Rosie the pinhead who every time I thought I knew where the joke was going to go, it never went the way that I thought
1: it was. That going. yeah, that's a, a good. Point. It could be uh, the, the other thing. I guess we should mention about it is there's you know obviously there this could be. V- it, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. Because I'm about to say something serious, Oh, maybe. <laughs> but it could, this movie could very much be like endlessly problematic with mm-hmm. its subject matter. But there's a sweetness to all of it, and a, a kind of a positivity that a genuine like a, a genuine love for these characters that shines through. There's a, a lot more heart.
0: To yeah. It oh, absolutely.
1: Then, like I said, there's a, <laughs> these are all. Uh, They all have physical abnormalities and it's, it's, you know, it's dealt with for comedy, but there's a, there's a, they're smiling through it. I I I would agree with that.
0: You know, even, even stuff that feels sort of ahead of its time, you know, the way that Mr. T is handled in this movie, I thought was like shockingly progressive.
1: (laughs) Yes. Especially for 1993. Yeah. The heart of edgy problematic humor.
0: Definitely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me get off this soapbox, though. But, well, no, hey, it was, it was a well-merited uh, soapbox. And the other, the other performers are Sockhead, who is just a sock puppet guy eating Nilla wafers. Which
1: perfect. One of my favorite characters in the, whole, in the whole movie. Yes, and
0: played by Bobcat Goldthwait. It's just so perfect, so phenomenal. What a character. We also get the Eternal Flame, who farts fire. Uh, the mm-hmm. frogman, who's who was just a French guy in a diving suit.
1: Yes, that <laughs> joke revealed, a joke planted while they were driving in, truly really 12 minutes ago, and now, <laughs> now we see, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and then in the center square, Mr. Paul Lin's skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> who gets chosen
1: to, for the first question. That's right. You gotta, you gotta go center square.
0: Uh, of course. Of <laughs> course. Ricky resists his new form. He even throws away a zine entitled, So You're a Hideous Mutant Freak, Now What? (laughs) (laughs) But some of the others tell him that he really is the same as them. They were once all normal too. The worm was once a guy who studied worms. Sock Man was once Bobcat Goldthwaite and the bit where he says, I was once a tourist looking for some fun. Then Elijah turned me into a sock. I'm sorry. I'm not much for stories.
1: Not much for stories. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Truly. Following the big, the big backstory for the worm where it's like, okay, it makes sense. Now as a viewer, we know he's turning, he's turning people into their essences. Right. And then just, nope. Sorry. What you thought that's out the window. We just <laughs> turned this guy into a sock. But then, yeah, and after that is the, what, probably my, one of my favorite jokes in the entire film, full of good jokes, mm. is the, the it, cut, it cuts after the worm tells his story, and then Sockman tells his story, and then we pan over and there's a hammer lying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then it flashes back to the hammer's backstory. We see that the hammer used to be a wrench. That Skug's bought And said "Hmm." (laughs) And then he cuts back to the the hammer And everybody very solemnly Going oh my god What a a horrible What a horrible story. <laughs> it's just so perfect. So, yes, and now we know that there's a hammer that is there, is also one of the freaks. Oh my just gosh. There's a hammer lying on the ground.
0: So mm-hmm. funny. And then, like you said, this feels like a non sequitur, and then it does build when they're trying to make the escape, and the hammer is dressed yes. up as a milkman. Yep.
1: Ugh, <laughs> another. Ugh. Man, it just. I, I'm sorry to just gush it back and not have anything co- co- coherent to say other than there's so many great, you know top secret level jokes in this movie that it's makes me a little sad that so few people have seen it. And there's something like this. If you are a comedy nerd or comedy snob, that there's something like this out there. That's like, Hey, this is full. This is a treasure chest full of comedy
0: gold doubloons waiting to be discovered.
1: Yeah. It it gets me all worked up and I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, I, I think you're totally right. That this really feels like, it's waiting for a new life. Yes, that like people will come to it, and it yeah. will just continue to grow and grow and grow, and uh, mm-hmm. it'll it'll find its place, I think, and uh, yeah. it's it's merited.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ricky develops a telepathic connection with Stewie, a side effect of the Zygrot, which has affected many of the the people who they've developed ESP, and Ernie can even smell the future. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky is pissed about this too, though, because it means they're soulmates, but the cowboy advises him to let Stewie help and let him into let him into his heart. In Stewie's room, we get a look at some of these other movies that Ricky did. Like I said, Rain Dude is another one of the- <laughs>
1: Oh, yes. Raindus. A, a love of Rain Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Stewie draws a picture, then goes to pitch the story to the press. And another great sequence where he's getting thrown out of several magazine and newspaper's offices, literally thrown through the glass door- and then uh, Weekly World News eagerly agrees to print it. This is the same tabloid famous for Batboy, and he throws himself out. They're like, "Let, let me show you the way out." And he goes, "Don't worry, I know how to do it." And he just <laughs> right. It.
1: Oh, he's gotten
0: so he's gotten
1: so accustomed to being tossed out a glass a glass window that he now thinks that that's the way that you're <laughs> supposed to leave a publication <laughs> office. It's perfect. I love people getting thrown out of windows. That's oh, yeah. maybe one of my favorite things. People getting hit by cars and people in – a, in a in a funny way and then people getting thrown through glass windows. Both things I hope to get to do one day.
0: Wow. Defenestration. Uh, we love it, folks. Yes. <laughs> the tabloid says, freaky deaky, Ricky Coogan's a mutant in South America. That's the headline. <laughs> and, and Stewie's headline like, news. I did it. I really did it. <laughs> but he's bragging about this, so he gets kidnapped. By the maniacal laughing guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's showtime at the at the uh, Elijah Scuggs freak show, and there's quite the raucous crowd. Also, a petting zoo with a two-budded dog, <laughs> and, a, and a heavy petting zoo with a kissing goat.
1: <laughs>
0: that's where we see the I like Ike
1: guy is back. <laughs> somehow, yep, he's that's found right. his way over.
0: <laughs> he, he heard there was an attraction in town. Yeah, he said. Well, Ricky never showed, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so in the crowd, very like you said, very raucous and very. Uh, it reminded me of like a Weird Al video for some reason. <laughs> there must be a there must be a few Weird Al videos I remember from, where there's like lots there's like lots of crazy stuff happening yeah, in a sure. in a riotous crowd, uh, and then. Uh, uh, Skugs takes the stage and, so, and very politely asks, "Can I have some quiet, please?" And they all instantly, very diligently, sit,
0: sit down. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, Ricky is pissed. The EES guys aren't there yet, but it's also very funny to see that Nosy is not even going out as himself. He's putting on a yes. gorilla costume.
1: <laughs> yes, that I took me. That I didn't notice that until this this watch this rewatch. That is it's mind blowing. <laughs> That they don't, and they don't make a big show of it either. It's yeah. just like we're going to trust the audience to recognize that. Hey, wait a minute, that guy's <laughs> that guy's a giant nose. Why is he putting a mask <laughs> on?
0: Oh, it's great.
1: I love the trust that they put in the audience. Yeah, as much as they're hammering you over the head with fart jokes and and snot and stuff, there's for every one of those jokes, there's two uh, really smart stuff that you might
0: miss especially because it's so fast paced that mm-hmm. it would be i think very easy to be like oh i'm nervous that they're not going to catch this yes
1: <laughs> like, oh that's a great point yeah
0: <laughs> and elijah introduces the show and he starts with rosie who sings again not what i was expecting nope <laughs> <laughs> and then julie ernie does a vaudeville act which was also great classic stooges
1: yeah, Three Stooges inspired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Mr. T does beauty tips, but things take a turn when Sockhead trips and reveals that under the sock, he's a damn handhead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is, I, I mean, you can take that a few different ways. They're all funny. They're all funny that people, people weren't, people expected because he's a freak that that's just like what is face was <laughs> yeah. but still like well his face is a hand so <laughs> then why are why are we shocked uh they, i don't know there's just so many different different uh takes yeah. that you could have and they're all they're all pretty funny <laughs> they
0: expected that specific flavor of freak yeah <laughs> <laughs> and head, who gives a shit. it's phony but uh the worm is finishing inspiring ricky about using the pain to improve his art just in time for Elijah to pull him on stage so he can perform the famous Richard III soliloquy about the winter of our discontent.
1: Yes, there's Shakespeare in this movie.
0: (laughs) First of all, I love Shakespeare, big Shakespeare guy, and Mm -hmm. he does a pretty solid performance through incredible prosthetics. Yeah, (laughs) that's good to know. (laughs) But also, the fact that they then cut to the Oxford professor, who's like, We're going to put up subtitles for the culturally illiterate, and it is just, like, the most simple possible breakdown of the themes that's like, I'm ugly.
1: (laughs) It's caveman, caveman speak. (laughs) They didn't break it down for the layman. They broke it down for the caveman.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, and, And it's great, and Julie is very impressed along with the rest of the crowd. An EES guy shows up and says, what the hell, dude? You're hideous, so we're actually moving in a different direction. And Ricky freaks out and rips his head off, which has a champagne, <laughs> like, the cork-popping yes. sound effect, which is great. <laughs> and uh, this leads to a riot. There are tramplings, and the recurring I Like Ike protester <laughs> finally gets his comeuppance, yes. and he gets stabbed right the heck through him with the sign as he gushes blood. Oh, with man. that sign. <laughs> it's great. Uh (laughs) The next day, Ricky's back in the outhouse, he's desperate to leave when the milkman arrives, and he lures the milkman over with the promise of a turd that looks like a nude Kim (laughs) Basinger, but to the milkman's disappointment, it's just a regular turd, (laughs) maybe it looks a little like Winona Ryder.
1: (laughs) I also love the gag before that where Ricky's trying to get out. He's talking to the milkman through a fire exit, which he can't get open, which he just sort of casually complains that oh, I'm pretty sure that's illegal.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> a big time fire hazard. lot. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> Truly <really> fucked. <laughs> um, but he knocks out the, the fireman because he came in to check in. So now this is un- unlocked and, and Ricky makes good his escape as the milkman. Yeah. (laughs) But the milk truck is locked, as is the car and the bike and the boat. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) A really good uh, quick escalation of just like, okay (laughs) – he's trying to get in the milk 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 truck makes sense there we go uh-oh and then we go to the car and there's a bike <laughs> he's locked it's not even locked to, the bike is not locked to anything there's simply a lock on the bike yeah. that frustrates ricky <laughs> and then yes naturally and in, the and boat, the club yeah the
0: club on the boat <laughs> and he turns around and suddenly the eyes are missing from the bust uh, because oh. they're fucked up eyes truly. <laughs> uh, look, for, they, have, they have machine guns, terrifying as well. Yes. But <laughs> they're security for Elijah, and these walking eyeballs are nightmare-made flesh like none of the others have really been.
1: Yeah, they're really scary. They talk through the pupils oh yeah definitely <laughs> and you can see like the nerve endings uh, behind them like they have little tails that are like the retina yeah. it's really it's really uh gross uh which is it's it's good to good to uh remind people on this particular podcast that just so you know i know we're talking about all the great comedy and, and jokes but there is this is all under the uh snuggly blanket of <laughs> Completely disgusting monsters. Oh yeah, there's a
0: a, a thick layer of pus on this entire thing. Definitely. (laughs) Elijah sinisterly asks them to bring Ricky to his den, and then it cuts, and it's actually a fun, warm, retro-style den, which was a really good goof.
1: Right, it's like Leave It to Beavers. Dad's study or something. He's like a robe and everything. Oh, yeah, that's great. they're listening to to lounge music <laughs> and reading Reader's jo- Digest. Yeah, there's
0: like a bowl of candy or something out. Uh-huh. Elijah says, "I'd like to kill you," but the Beast Boy is a hit. Ricky protests, saying, "People don't want to see disgusting, depraved, violent filth <laughs> in in this movie." Yeah, some some fun fun wink, irony. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> They're interrupted by a call from the maniacal laughing, but Ricky manages to steal the note Elijah makes about the call before being told the plan is for Ricky to slaughter the rest of the freaks after assuming his final form. <laughs> Heading back, Ricky runs into the rest of the group who are all making their own escapes as a dozen milkmen.
1: <laughs> all dressed as milkmen. Great milkman humor yes. in this in this scene. <laughs> of
0: course. It's you know, it's funny too, because like when was the last time Milkmen really existed, even? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, the 60s.
0: <laughs> and they they can't have 13 Milkmen, because that would be silly.
1: No, it doesn't – yeah, I think uh, the dog boy, dog boy reasons that a dozen Milkmen is, is plausible. Yeah. It's possible. That can be made in nature. But 13 <laughs> Milkmen – that's silly, yeah. <laughs> and yes, and now we have a callback to the hammer because somebody's holding the hammer dressed up like a little little milkman.
0: Oh man, it's fantastic! It's perfect. <laughs> he tries to stop them for their own good because now he knows about the Rastafaris, but the dog boy won't listen, and they duel. And it's uh, very funny when this pays off, and Elijah looks out and goes, "Oh, it must be a very competitive route for those milkmen." Yeah. <laughs>
1: A lot of milkmen on this route. (laughs) Makes sense that they'd be fighting. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Ortiz the dog boy is about to kill Ricky when he gets distracted by a squirrel and his barking alerts the Rastafari's who chase him, chasing the squirrel out the gate. And the rest of the freaks are like, wow, I guess Ricky was right. We should go back to the house. But... The eyes are gone now. They should just go.
1: That's a very good point. I <laughs> recognize that. I love. I love that there is. There's a joke. There's a joke where uh, Ricky's describing the eyes, and they're kind of just. They're kind of not like not into. They don't understand what's supposed to be so scary about these eyes. Yeah. Probably, possibly because it's like, well, I mean, we're all. I'm a giant <laughs> nose, and so. But then he then he says, and, and they have machine guns, and then they get, then they're like, oh, okay, yes, sure. gotcha. They have, they're armed. <laughs>
0: I've heard of eyes, but arm. Yeah. The- <laughs> Back in the house, he sits them down to, quote, tell them his plan. And this is done in a really funny way, where instead of him actually saying anything, everyone in the crowd just sort of fills in the pieces themselves and attributes yes. it to Ricky. But in addition to that funny joke, every time it cuts to the audience, you can hear a low fart from the eternal flame. That truly yes. really just cracked <laughs> me up.
1: They make, cause he's such a one, I mean, a, a lot of these characters, have the potential to be one joke characters, especially him, but they do find little ways to play around with, with what your perceptions are going to be at this constant, <laughs> constant part joke. Really good. It I is. love that town hall structure too. Suddenly they're at in like a town hall meeting. <laughs> and they have a podium. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, it's a, it's the the it's a just a class. It's like a sketch. It's a little sketch in its own. This scene is a little, little sketch of yeah. like, oh, guy thinks guy thinks he has a great plan, and everybody else ends up putting together a greater plan, attributing it to this this idiot.
0: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And the plan that they do come up with is to break into the lab with the worm digging a tunnel, then using the cowboy's zygrot laced milk as a replacement for the actual chemical turning Ricky into a good super monster who can destroy Elijah.
1: <laughs> great plan.
0: Great plan. We also get a, a classic montage. People know I'm a big montage fan. You can do a lot of fun stuff with them.
1: Me too. Yeah. Especially comedic ones. They're yeah. like my they're maybe my favorite thing.
0: Hell yeah. It's it's really fantastic. I mean, Rocky 4, it's the best one.
1: <laughs> no, I've not seen I only saw Rocky for the first time over the pandemic. It was great, wow. but uh are the are the rest of the Rockies uh I, I, think,
0: I think I think Rocky's one through four in particular are worth checking out there are there is some good stuff past that as well but gotcha um, well
1: but, you're a Philadelphia guy too of course so yeah sense. so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Rocky Four. he I mean he ends the Cold War with his fists oh. how can you say no to that <laughs> there's also a fun robot that sings happy birthday Pauly so it's really got a lot going on <laughs>
1: wow oh man yeah I'll check it
0: out <laughs> But everyone is doing their thing. Even the skeleton of Paul Lind is propping up the tunnel entrance, which made me laugh. Again, you know, cartoon levels of gag saturation, but also things that felt like it could just be cast away mm-hmm. really come back in a way that you wouldn't expect.
1: Yeah, they're using everything. They're using everything at their
0: disposal. And even that feels like another level of, like, joke appreciation because it's like, well, they're taking the time to go back and be like, well, how can we incorporate this into the into the rest of the movie?
1: Yes, it's in their toolbox now.
0: Exactly. They dig under Frog Boy, who is busy, or the toad, excuse me, uh, who is busy taking down and eating a plane without even getting up.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying before. I'm just like, this is the greatest, the natural progression to (laughs) He's been using his tongue to get bigger and bigger things. And now he's just casually sitting by a tree, notices that a plane is coming by and, and whips it down with his tongue and swallows it.
0: Perfect, perfect. Doesn't even break a sweat. Yeah. And they make their way through the tunnels, only stopping briefly to admire the lost city of Nod. Oh I
1: was, yes, I was going to say Atlantis, but it is the lost city of Nod. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also some of Ernie's family photos, including his bar mitzvah photo. Right.
1: This one really doesn't make – I mean I, – I, I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over again, but it really does like – I really think it's so special that they – oh, it could have seen the lost city of Nod and just being like, wow, and keeping on going. (laughs) That's –
0: that is good enough. Right. The fact that it was rear projection clearly just like a shitty (laughs) – That is good enough. You get your A
1: for this scene, but they – They pile on top of it that it's uh, it's a projection, and it it switches to one of the characters' bar mitzvahs. And (laughs) they're still kind of like, wow, oh,
0: cool. (laughs) Hey, that's above and beyond, folks. That's how you get that A+. plus it's
1: above and beyond. That's exactly what it is. They go above and beyond.
0: Definitely so. That's great. And they finally emerge in the lab as intended. And Sockhead gets scared, and his screaming draws the attention of the eyes, who uh, shoot the crap out of him.
1: <laughs> yes, he's one of the. There's, uh, there's only a few numbers in the body count of this movie. For as gross and violent as it is, but for unfortunately, our beloved Sockhead, Big Rip, is a casualty.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> a, a hand of few words until the very end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He starts spit, he starts uh, spitting up blood <laughs> from his from his hand it's sort of like that senior wences uh, <laughs> style. Oh, you gotta see it the uh, words on a podcast can't do it justice that's
0: absolutely true <laughs> And the worm hacks into the super freak program, but Elijah recognizes the sound of a dropping styrofoam cup. <laughs>
1: That's also maybe one of my favorite jokes, yes. too, is they're making so much clattering noise in the, <laughs> in the barn, and uh, Scugs is just
0: in his den, sort of sipping cocoa. And, and The movie he, is literally like the same exact noises that are happening, like whatever yes. he's watching. Oh my god, it's so funny. And I mean, he's been great this entire movie, but just the actual delivery on Styrofoam Cup.
1: Like, he knows what it is. He's heard, he's heard this before wait a minute, wait a minute a styrofo- styrofoam cup. <laughs> and he, and that's what causes him to go and investigate.
0: It's fantastic. <laughs> when when he finally finds it, too, his reasoning for why he's upset about this is it's bad for the environment. Which <laughs> he's using toxic, <laughs> toxic fertilizers.
1: <chemicals>. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: He's got a heart. He's it's you know true.
1: everybody's got heart. There you go.
0: It's also funny that the butter on his hands from the popcorn he was eating is what delays him from opening the door yes. long enough.
1: Yes, I <laughs> forgot about that. He can't. He bu- it buys them some time that he happened to be eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get his door his own doorknob open.
0: Exactly, and Ricky loses the chemical in in the flea, and the tunnel collapses behind him. Uh, but they do yeah. comfort themselves with a macaroon party.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> He, everyone's bummed out at first that he left that he left the chemical back in the barn but they instantly celebrate when he says i've got a big bag of macaroons i found
0: <laughs> there's also beer that show up out of nowhere
1: yeah oh right he, they're they're all passed out with uh, with party stuff <laughs> later
0: and the next morning ees trucks pull up with plenty of zygrot 24 and the board members all packaged neatly neatly on a pallet Uh, So funny when the one board member falls off and smashes on the truck. Oh,
1: yeah, because we didn't mention – we didn't mention that at the beginning where the the board members are uh, a series of old white men attached to pulley systems that can be (laughs) uh, controlled by the one – the one white man in power <laughs> exactly
0: and and it's so easy to not look closely at this and see that it's a dummy until the shock of the guy falling and smashing his yes. face on the oh my god it's so funny i literally had to go back and be like is it just a dummy the whole time because i really thought that it was like like some like editing magic and no it's just a dummy the whole time yeah <laughs> it just did a good job of distracting you until it's time <laughs> The laughing man is actually William Sadler all along. Again, whoa, who saw it coming? Yeah. (laughs) But he brought Stewie with them, who gets locked in a pen with a two-headed chicken. But this lets Ricky know that he's in the lab.
1: Yes, through their kind of shining. Right, exactly. Yeah
0: and Elijah gives them the pitch for the expansion to Super Mega Freak World which is just a larger version of the original. <laughs>
1: yeah, and not even not even largely larger. It's <laughs> slightly larger.
0: <laughs> oh man, it was a really funny joke. I was really expecting it to be like this huge over the top thing and and Right.
1: Oh, just perfect. <laughs> perfect subversion of our expectations.
0: Yep. <laughs> And Stewie breaks out and he makes a crawl for the chemical, which the business guys now pitch Ernie on their plans for his chemical, which are, of course, hellish monstrosities like a worker drone with no mouth or gastrointestinal system, but 12 arms yeah. to make sure that they can get plenty of work done with no back talk or need for breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elijah wants more fun, more spark, more unspeakable evil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is okay, but. Well. <laughs> Where's the pizzazz? Exactly,
0: and Bill (laughs) delivers, baby, with the promise of creating a master race of consumers. Mm -hmm. Uh, While the the laughing man swears that those who oppose them will stand knee deep in the blood of their children.
1: (laughs) Right, and that gets Skuggs on board. (laughs) Okay, all right. That little piece of poetry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That night, one night only, new improved Beast Boy slaughters his loved ones with special guest funny man Domerera
1: yes i that is another thing i n- only noticed on this one and it's not it's it's also funny that it's like well this movie could have i i half ex- once i noticed that <laughs> i half expected like oh is domerare in this real quick like but could no be. it's just could've they been. use him he's just enough of a of a name where you know if you're in the know like oh yeah that's, that's funny. <laughs> it's a you know road comic <laughs> yeah
0: it's also funny where it's like how long will this joke work for?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it does the trick
1: for, does for, for us. old Joe Romero. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah
0: no. We, we love it. And the performance is beginning, but Stewie stands up in the audience trying to get Ricky's attention with the goo. It annoys the guy behind him who grabs it and dumps it on Stewie instead. And now he's even more trollish. Uh, and yeah. stewie knocks this guy the hell out he blinds i and n i with dirt which i should say those are the names of the rastafari's are oh i didn't know i and i so you know
1: i and i wow yeah just it's, everything's thought of, <laughs> no stone unturned. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the idea of, of defeat, finally defeating these eyeballs by just throwing a little sand in, <laughs> in their faces. Perfect. Exactly. I've been saying perfect so much, I realize that, listeners. I it's keep a saying the word perfect, movie. but I I gotta I, I gotta. That's kind of the only word I can de- use to describe exactly. Some of these, at some of these point,
0: jokes. when it becomes at, at, at such a, a high level, it's just perfect.
1: Yeah. And the design for Stewie's transformation and later um, uh, Ricky's, it seems very uh, influenced by, like, is it Ratfank? Ratfank, yes. Like those hot rod type, like eyeballs kind of like, they're still attached to the sockets, but they're like kind of bugging out. out Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dude, you have no idea how long it took me to come up with the name Ratfank. I was like, (laughs) I literally was messaging people and I was like, do you remember his right. like te- big teeth and poking out eyes? And I think yes. he was green. And he was clutching
1: like, to a hot rod. Well, like. I, c- I couldn't
0: even remember the hot rod. I just remembered <laughs> that he was like mostly head and arms. And so I was yeah. like, "Do you remember this?" And everyone was like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." <laughs> right. <laughs> and then finally, one person was like, "Do you mean Rat Fink?" And I was like, "Oh, you're a lifesaver." Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. The answer is yes. It does look. It reminds me of Rat Fink as well. Yeah. <laughs> He also looks like the Gremlins kind of. Uh, That's uh, Ricky true. in particular looks like a live action mm-hmm. Gremlin.
1: Yeah, they make a Gremlins joke. Just one single Gremlins joke earlier in the movie where he's sort of despondent about his half transformation, how it's going to affect his acting, and he just sort of like is he's poking around in the dirt and said, "Well, uh, I wonder if maybe they're still casting for
0: Gremlins three." <laughs> Yes, uh, a funny joke that uh, it's even even more sad now that we still have no Gremlins three. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> I'll get right on it.
0: Hell, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> but yeah, Elijah rubs the own, his super goo on Ricky as well, so he is now also this giant super beast, and uh, they they have to square off. <laughs> Elijah spots EES trying to make off with the machine, and he breaks the break-in-case-of-double-crossing-corporate-grease-balls glass. <laughs>
1: yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> Straight out of a Tex Avery cartoon.
0: <laughs> and this houses a bazooka, and then that bazooka <laughs> actually sprays the crowd with the goo, who either melt or stampede out.
1: Yes. Oh, and a uh, little celebrity sighting there is uh, uh, Larry Bud Melman. From yeah. the old uh, late night with David exactly. Letterman, exactly. Yeah, which I think I watched the trailer, and I think it's in the trailer they mention that he is the president. He's play. He's either the mayor of town or the president of the United oh, States. Shit. That guy, <laughs> uh, but they don't make any mention of that in the movie. Yeah. Or, uh, wow. I, I, I did like it having watched the trailer beforehand and like knowing that it's just this, funny, yeah. this weird guy with a camera <laughs> in a Hawaiian shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, 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 first of all, another thing that is played upon in Gremlins too. You know the the character who has uh, got his little camcorder there, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was funny that uh, I was like, this, "Who is this guy?" Just showing up, and he he comments frequently on the riots that are happening. Yes, <laughs> but right. um, yeah, he Ricky is about to finish Stewie when the melted puddle of audience turns into a nightmarish giant flesh shoe, which is right. first of all great looking monstrosity but also ironic because of their name everything except shoes
1: everything except shoes it was a non sequitur now it's paid off
0: <laughs> it's great and then they it's an even funnier joke when they're like oh by the way you've been talking for almost 90 minutes we got to oh, throw right. a commercial
1: <laughs> right cuz they don't do they don't um they don't come back to that too often or right. maybe even if at all
0: i think there's like uh, one other time because the like silhouette slowly becomes like less monstrous yes
1: right you gotta you gotta keep reminding them of the silhouette because as we as you you can probably surmise by that time something's going to pay off exactly. um <laughs> But yeah, that, that's so – it snaps you back into reality. Oh, right. This guy's on a talk show. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> recounting this story on a, a, a Sally Jesse Raphael
0: type show. Exactly. And oh, yeah. the commercial is so funny. The machismo. Right. For, incredible <laughs> product that would absolutely exist today. It was impossible <laughs> for me not to think of that Dr. Pepper 10, the soda with 10 calories because uh-huh. diet soda is for women. And so they added some back in. It's just yes. like truly <laughs> – you cannot make, it's there's no such thing as satire anymore. So stupid
1: thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Ricky goes back to his story. He's about to stab Stewie when he's reminded of what the cowboy said about letting the troll into your heart. This is one of my favorite jokes where it seems like it's going to just be like an audio flashback, but then they cut over and it's literally the cowboy going, your heart, your heart. Yeah. <laughs> your
1: heart. <laughs> right. <sighs> It's so they know anything that's going to be like a trope or a cliche, they make sure to sweep under the rug with something like that. I think that's really brilliant.
0: And and they do it in a way where at this point, a lot of trope subversion has become a trope itself. And Mm -hmm. this movie does it time after time after time in a way that I've not seen before and is constantly surprising me in such a fantastic way. Yep. He decides to love Stewie instead, and he throws down <laughs> his spear. And I loved, this was another where it was like a, a subtle joke that I noticed, where he, they were still operating the spotlight for Ricky, which really made me
1: laugh. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, there's someone <laughs> Somebody's... someone in the background is still working a spotlight for Some him. Some tech person still putting in the work.
0: <laughs> They're the real heroes. God bless, God bless. <laughs> Scugs, and he says, hey, I'm jacked up too, brother, and he starts punching him hmm yes it,
1: d- 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 <laughs> little it tiny doesn't little do punches. anything of course because
0: yeah. it's a giant monster and mm-hmm. so ricky hammer punches him and <laughs> crushes his spinal cord yes
1: <laughs> which you only know through like tons of great special effects throughout this entire movie and then we know that it crushed his spine simply because randy queen goes i think you crushed my spine <laughs> i, <laughs> I can't feel think my fingers something. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And uh, he tries to buy his life with the promise of a time-release antidote that he baked into a bunch of macaroons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all called back. Wow, they got his ass. (laughs) And so Ricky kicks him in the nuts so hard that he flies through the roof and he comes back down into the vat of Zygrot Twenty Four, and he sinks beneath its milky blue depths.
1: Mm-hmm. The the milky blue stuff looks really cool. It, like all, the bubbles look so thick. It's gross. I don't know. If that, it yeah. is
0: so gross. It like right. oh man. When they're he,
1: bubbles, they're made of liquid, <laughs> but they they are they just look so viscous. <laughs> it's like it's again words can't really describe it. You just gotta you just gotta log on and watch it.
0: You absolutely do. And everyone cheers, and then the FBI rushes in, and they've been following Scuggs for years, and when he rises up one last time, as Brooke Shields,
1: <laughs> yes, they,
0: <laughs> they unload on him, which, of course, you know, this has to play into the trope of the villain coming back once more, but as we'll see, this also gets subverted over and over again in a fun way.
1: Right, they start subverting the subversions.
0: Yes, and back in the present the light finally comes up on Ricky revealing him to be back to normal.
1: <laughs> just, just standing in, uh, sitting in front of a cactus. Right.
0: And that was what was deforming the silhouette. Right.
1: You thought that that was his, like hum, his ears and his, his hump and and, <laughs> and, and like scraggly hairs, but it's just, it's so good. It's and, and by that time, you know, yeah. You're wondering how, okay, how is it gonna? They're not gonna put the light. This, I know this movie well enough at this point where those lights gonna come on and it's not gonna be what you'd expect it to be. Right. What's it gonna be? Oh, I didn't know. A cactus couldn't have thought, didn't think of that.
0: Exactly. So that's great. <laughs> and the rest of the freaks come out to join him. Everyone is back to who they were and wearing shirts that say which freak they were, except for the frogman who's wearing all black and a beret with a tiny mustache. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> um and the the worm who is still the worm because he doesn't like macaroons.
1: <laughs> he doesn't care for the taste of macaroons. And so he's wearing a shirt that says still the worm.
0: <laughs> Ortiz the dog boy runs into, "Wow, he's back and he got the squirrel." And everyone is stoked, but then it's revealed, "Uh-oh, Scuggs didn't just look like Sky." He is Sky, and yes. he's going to
1: drink your blood. Right? They know from from his uh, from his feet, which have been in plain sight the entire time. Just no one's noticed his big grotesque feet. Of course.
0: <laughs> and he gets cut down by Julie, who runs in and fills him with lead before smooching Ricky. It's finally over, or is it? Because Stewie <laughs> comes again, and he's still a freak. And Skugs rises up one more time. <laughs> And he gets filled with lead once more as Ernie comes in to save the day as well. And it's finally really over as they give their little wrap up speeches and then wave goodnight to the audience. Just in time for it to actually not be over. And Scugs, <laughs> Friday the 13th, them. And he rises up with a machete from behind Ricky. Freeze frame, cut to black. Perfect.
1: <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic song over the the (laughs) credits. A little more
0: like Rat Fink stuff, it seemed like, on the sides there. Some more fun art. It's just a grand old time. And now, Joe, we've reached the point of the episode where we sum up why this is not just a good horror movie, but is, in fact, the best horror movie ever made.
1: (gasps) Oh, my. I'm
0: going to let you start.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, well, 1993's Freaked, directed by uh, Alex Winter, is the best horror movie ever made because... Uh, It invites goofballs and madcap uh, uh, goons like me into the realm of horror through perfect, well-executed jokes and uh, puppets and stop motion. Uh, I think it it sort of brings uh, a lot of... more uh, it brings a lot more folks to the table i think because uh, through humor through the healing powers of humor <laughs> george don't you see i see uh, it brother <laughs> do you see me scrambling to try to make this a horror movie when clearly it's just a really good comedy <laughs> do you see it well that's what makes this movie so great <laughs> is it's such a good horror movie that you leave thinking man that's such a great uh, comedy movie wow. oh my gosh <laughs> and you scare yourself you scare yourself into thinking, wait, is my brain? That was a horror movie. There were monsters and oh stuff. My is my is my own brain uh, playing tricks on me? And that's really the scariest thing wow. that could ever happen is you not being able to trust your own brain. So true. So hats off to you, Alex Winter, uh, for making the best horror movie ever made. <laughs> wow. Such a funny,
0: madcap horror movie. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, Joe. To me, this is the best horror movie ever made because I have talked time and time again on this show about how horror comedies are so hard to execute. And this movie, first of all, executes the comedy in a way that is so unlike other horror comedies that it is incredible. It is such a, a unique blend of the type of comedy that's that's getting pulled in, it's not just like, "Whoa, that happened huh gross <laughs> like,
1: definitely there's none of that at all. Yeah. It's every single type of good joke <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that makes sense
0: <laughs> exactly. and not only is it pulling from a, a different source of comedy, but it's also pulling from a different source of horror so often. Horror comedies rely on slashers because, first of all, it is the most trope filled subgenre, but also it is the most just like humans in a confined space kind of thing. Yeah, and for this to be willing to instead pull from classic sci fi horror like the Atomic Age mutation stuff and Mm -hmm. Cronenberg body horror and pull this into the comedy instead and and just sort of be launching off an entirely different jetty of both horror and comedy is so unique. And it it was sandbagged and had (laughs) had everything going against it.
1: Right. Couldn't take a turn without getting ransacked.
0: (laughs) It does that while remaining so true to itself. This is a movie that feels like with the amount of people who are trying to pull it down and, and have their own sort of influence on it, because it is not the most accommodating movie, perhaps, I think that it it, it is a, a remarkable achievement. That it is so truthful to itself and feels so authentic. Yeah. It feels like this is the movie they wanted to make, and it really will speak to the people who it's meant to speak to. I think the people like you and the people like me who have these, uh, these different areas that aren't necessarily always reached out to by uh, a typical movie uh, get to really experience it in a great way with this one.
1: Absolutely. It's profoundly unique. Yeah. And I think that's such a special quality. So much, uh, even though it's building on stuff that we know, it's creating its own. There's no other movie like this. And I can't, I know it's a cliche to say at this point, but you really, there's no way that anything like this could get made, not only because of the subject matter and stuff like that, but because I don't think, studios, movie studios are willing to Give money to something so crazy and singular and expensive. Yeah, it's you can see the money that went into this, and you can see the ingenuity behind. You know, knowing that there was only this much money, you gave me the budget beforehand, and it's like, wow, they really stretched that dollar into to make something that's. My eyes are popping. (laughs) It's great.
0: I I totally agree. You know, it it is kind of cliche to say, "Oh, they couldn't make this anymore," but. I think calling back to just when Randy Quaid is like oh there's 26 opportunities for for something to go wrong in that robot head like that's the kind of thing that makes studios go well maybe we should use CGI for this
1: yes which would make this shitty <laughs> the jokes would still be great, but it just would the 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 aspect of the visual aspect would completely be yes out the out the window like you were pitching a, a story to the the, the times. Yep, exactly. And, and they would toss it right out the window.
0: Instead, this movie is filled with soul. and and, soul yes (laughs) and and it's and it's beautiful it's a it's a beautiful movie it's it's great performances great direction the fact that alex winter and tom stern managed to co-write and co-direct this while alex is also pulling an incredible performance in in the lead role it's just great it's the best horror movie ever made i have nothing else to say it pops like a damn pimple. God damn right it does. <laughs> Joe, I wanna thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This was an thank absolute you blast. For having me. Yes. Please tell the people where they can find you, your social medias, you wanna plug the, oh uh, the old show one more time.
1: Yeah. Uh, on social you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter at uh, two tonbug, the number two. On Instagram, Joe Rumrell Hooray. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm having a real uh, real incredible time on that app reviewing movies hopefully in a funny way and yeah you can check out lem can help on audible uh starring fred armison it's a, a crazy uh, fake advice podcast with a bunch of cool guest stars like uh, like like you said Pack is in hanford and uh, we got tim heidecker maria bamford reggie watts it's, it's it's packed. It's, Gang's all it, there. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of bunch of weird ideas in that too. And Alex Winter, if you're listening, uh, I'd love to collaborate on another crazy joke dense screenplay.
0: Hell yeah! And Come I'm, on, the I'm, show, I'm
1: I'm on, I'm on the show, Alex. Come on the show.
0: <laughs> uh yeah absolutely check all those things out i'm very excited to listen to them. can help thank you as far as my plugs you can find me on twitter at little horror that username applies pretty much everywhere so if i'm on there you can find me that way instagram letterboxd as well what else um rate and review the show if you're enjoying because it really helps but also more importantly if you're really enjoying the show there's a patreon with bonus episodes including we talked about cartoons a lot in this episode our most recent Patreon episode is two and a half hours of talking about the golden age of horror shorts with Branson (laughs) Reese. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah.
1: How did you get Branson to talk about cartoons? I
0: know. I really had to pull his teeth on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I love Branson so much. (laughs) Oh, it it was a great, great conversation. And it was funny because this was actually his original idea for his episode was like, well, what if I talked about a bunch of horror shorts instead? And I was Mm. like, Maybe maybe that could be a spotlight. Like, let's do a yeah. normal episode first. Um, and, and so we made it work. And so uh, we talked 13 of the, of the best 1929 to 1953 horror shorts. So, 13. The spookiest of numbers. <laughs> and we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so there's all kinds of fun bonus episodes over there. And also the last plug is um, if you're listening to this right when it comes out, On April 8th, we have our very first live show, which is very exciting. The Philadelphia Fan Expo. It's basically the Comic-Con here. We're we're doing a live out there. Oh, man. Yeah, really cool. Uh, I'm sure. So you have to already have a ticket to the con to see it. So I would never be like, hey, you should come just for me. But if you already are interested in Comic-Con type stuff, and there's all kinds of horror stuff there as well. Come come say hi and, and see the show and if you're going to be there uh, and uh, and that's it. That's going to be a blast. Yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> about it. We're talking about Army of Darkness, another fun oh. horror puppet comedy kind yeah. of John.
1: Oh wait, real quick, Did, um, my my one my my dad went to high school with uh, Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Whoa. Campbell. Holy yeah. shit, they were. They, I think he was a couple. He was either a few years ahead or a few years behind, but he showed me the yearbook one time. Wow. And, and, and uh, went to, he went to school with them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, a great anecdote to leave on. Uh, thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>